Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am so glad that you are here. Let me know where you are tuning in from. Be sure to drop your city in the chat. I am your girl, Pastor Courage Molina of Bold Faith Community Church, and we are so happy to have you here with us today on this Saturday morning. Bold Faith Community Church is an online church for women. We exist to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ through the study and application of his word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The vision here is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous enough to give God a continuous Yes. Amen. Because we know when we say yes to God, you got to say yes again and then again and then again. If um, you have come here and you found that this is your church home and you want to know, okay, how can I become a member or what do I need to do? First things first, be sure to attend weekly. Now we are here 8 a.m. EST on Saturday morning. Maybe that doesn't work for you, but you can be here every Saturday or every week and make sure you let us know that you're here by dropping where you're tuning in from in the chat. Then you can get plugged in. There's going to be a few links going in the chat where you can click the link and you can get registered as a member here um, and be sure to check in and let us know that you're here as well. You can start serving. We have serving opportunities now, lots of volunteer opportunities, and our members give. We are a generous church, so we give outside the church, but those of us who call this place home, we give to the church. We give to the house of God. You can give your tithes and offerings at boldfaithchurch.org. We are also a Bible studying church. What does it mean that we're a Bible study? You think aren't all churches Bible study? Well, I hope so. Um, but we do things a little differently here. So right now we are focused on the book of Acts and the expectation of those of us who call Bold Faith Community Church home is that you would be studying along with us week by week, not just on Saturday, but Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because we love Jesus, right? That you would be um, studying all those days and you would know exactly what to study. So this week I'm going to be teaching from Acts 15. So that means this coming week you will be studying Acts 16. One of the things that we recommend you doing is getting a Bible study journal. The journal is going to help you to go beyond just reading the Bible and highlighting scriptures. It's going to give you some structure to your study time, and it's going to help you to slow down, rightly interpret the word so that you can apply the word to your life. All right. I think that is it for how you can become a member. If you have questions, you can let us know in the chat and somebody will answer your question in the chat. Now, if this is your first time and you are already loving it, then you can go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Be sure to hit that little notification bell so you know anytime we stream live. We also stream live Monday through Friday for our mon mornings in, I speak English sometimes, y'all, for our mornings in the word. It's 7 a.m. EST. It is 30 minutes or less of us reading the Bible. We are going through the chronological Bible reading plan. And so if you're looking for a way to get into your Bible and make that more of your daily routine, or if you've never read through the Bible 
from cover to cover, maybe it's been a long time and you'd like to join us, you can just hop in where we are right now. Be sure to share this video if you are part of Bold Faith Community Church. That's one way you can serve here. And be sure to like this video because you already know that it's going to be fire. Um, it's really, really easy. I always, We always want to make it so easy for you guys to support what we're doing here, uh, for you to be able to help us to reach more women. We want to have so many ways for you to do it so that you don't have to sit around thinking like, oh, I really want to support them. How can I do it? Subscribe, like the video, share the video every week on your social media, share the video every week in your group chat. You can make things really, really easy. Um, did you ever... Do you ever wish that you could make your life like that, though, like just easier? Do you wish that you could make life a little easier for you? Drop something in the chat um, and let me know that you're with me. Or like, maybe it ain't got to be easy, but maybe it don't got to be easy, but not so difficult. Um, and you guys have probably heard this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it's it just really kind of illustrates the point here is that you know, twice I've been to the hospital in my lifetime for chest pain. The first time I was 23, 23, so young. And I was working at the nursing home, child passed out right at the nursing home, hit the floor, pulse rating, uh, racing. It was up to like 156 beats per minute while I lay on the floor. And the lady was like, she could choke. It got up to like 160. So they call the ambulance. The ambulance takes me from... Ocean View Nursing Home and <laughs> takes me to, uh, I don't think Halifax is a hospital in Daytona Beach. I'm from Florida, in case y'all didn't know, to Halifax Hospital. Do you know what? Turns out it was just stress. It wasn't a heart attack. There was nothing wrong with my heart. It was literally just stress. But if you had asked me at the time if I wanted to make my life easier or if you had asked me if my life was difficult, I probably would have told you no. For us, so many of us, especially I know a lot of you women that I serve, hard is what we do. It's all we know. All we know is hustle, work hard. You got to get it. You got to work twice as hard to get half as far. That's all we know. So because it's our norm, we sometimes don't recognize the toll of the responsibilities that we have. At that time, at age 23, I had three kids, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old. I was married, so that means I had a husband. I was working 48 plus hours a week. I was always trying to get some overtime. And I was in college. I was going to the community college, taking five to six classes at a time. That's all I knew, though. That's all, all I knew was go to school, take care of my kids, and go to work because I had my first kid in 10th grade. So from, from 16 to 23, I had seven years of... I got a kid to take care of. I have a house to take care of, something to take care of. And I got to go to school. I knew that like that was my life. So I didn't know that that was, I mean, I didn't just didn't know that that was a lot. I was under so much pressure. Anybody who just feel like, oh, just take a deep breath with me. You know, let's just take a breath. Oh, we're just under so much pressure. Here's the thing for me, and I would gather for probably some of you, it didn't have to be that hard. It didn't have to be that hard. Yes, I had three kids. Yes, I was married. I did not need to work 48 hours a week. 
I lived in the projects and my husband worked. My rent was like, our rent was like 22 to like $40. I did not need to work 48 hours a week or more. I've been going to school, I had good grades. I didn't need to take five to six classes at a time. I could have slowed down. I could have done something part-time. I just, I made it harder on myself. Have you ever done that? Are you in a situation right now where you have, you are making things harder of, on yourself? I just, I would listen. Let me tell you, today's going to be a day of honest reflection. Have you ever been in a situation? Are you in a current situation right now where it's like, now that you're thinking about some of the things that you do, you're the one who signed up for 15 volunteer roles. You're the one who continues to work when you have been clocked out and these people are not paying you for more time. You're the one who decided to take work home. It's not required of you. It might be expected, but it's not required and you give right into it. You're the one who decided to work 12 hour shifts. You're the one who decided to do it all by yourself. We make things harder on us than we have to be, but we've been programmed to believe that anything of value is on the other side of hard work. That is what, who knows that? Who knows that? Anything worth having is worth working for. Anything worth having is going to come from the hard work. That is something that we pride ourselves on. I want to be a hard worker, not just as individuals, but as a society. That's why that's a good quality. Oh, she's a hard worker. That, that's something people say, that's a that's like kudos to you. We are running from things like easy money, easy living, easy way of doing such and such. We Because don't take the easy way out. Why can't we take the easy way out? Because that's not good. Because if it's the easy way, it implies that you have somehow cheated the system, cheated yourself, or cheated someone else, right? Oh, you took the easy way. So we are programmed from very little, from, from when we are very young to, to do things the hard way, to make things more difficult than they have to be, right? That's in our program. And anytime I get to a revelation in my life by just looking at my life and I realize like I am making this so hard, does it have to be this way? I go to the word of God. And so that's what I want us to do right now. We're going to go to the word of God and see what the word of God has to say about it. We are going to be in Acts chapter 15. So you can go ahead and go there. We'll be in Acts chapter 15. Go ahead and go there. I'll be reading from New Living Translation. God, we just want to thank you for an opportunity to gather together through technology from all across the world to get into your word. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive this word from you, oh God. God, I pray that you would remove all distractions from every home, from my own home, that you would help to um, help us to focus on what you're calling us as individuals to do in this season and that you would give us the courage to do it. In your son Jesus' name, I pray, amen. All right, so we're starting off in chapter 15. So it starts off, um, you have Paul and Barnabas, they are in Antioch of Syria, and they are preaching and teaching to believe in Jesus to be saved. All you got to do is believe to be saved. And then you have these men who are coming from Judea that are like whispering to the crowd saying, no, you got to get circumcised if you want to get saved. 
if you want to get saved, you got to get circumcised is what they're saying. And so Paul and Barnabas, they get into this disagreement with them so much so that the church in Antioch sends them to Jerusalem to get an answer to this conflict. They want to get a resolution for this conflict. Jerusalem is like the headquarters. So think of it this way. Um, you kind of have um, the church of believers, church, not synagogue, church of Jewish believers. This is the place where there were, this was the home of the Jews. Jerusalem was, it's the Mecca, it's the Holy land. And so God brought salvation first to the Jews, which means it spread throughout Jerusalem. And so this is where the first church is set up. It is headed by Peter for all intents and purposes. And as people spread out, it seems like um, the church at Antioch, would be the second headquarters or the one that came after it. And that one's going to be kind of headed up by Paul. So what's the conflict? This is what they need to know. Do Gentiles need to first convert to, to Judaism and follow the law of Moses in order to get saved for salvation? They want to know, okay, Y'all are saying one thing. These people from Judea are saying another. Like Judea is near Jerusalem, right? So they're going to send them back um, to Jerusalem to ask from um, the elders there. But what are the requirements? Because these people are saying one thing. These people are saying another thing. What you got to know is this. The Gentile church at this time is growing faster than the Jewish church. And so maybe these Jews are fearful that they're going to lose some power. Maybe they feel like they're going to be outnumbered. Maybe they think they're going to be treated like social pariah, like they treated the Gentiles. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you this. The Gentile church is growing at that time at a faster rate than the Jewish church. Another thing, the law of Moses, talking about circumcision, the law of Moses was from God. They, they're not making that up. It was from God. And in the past, I don't know if you read Old Testament, they got into a lot of trouble when they didn't do what they were supposed to do. They got into a ton of trouble when they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And see, the circumcision is how you entered into the covenant of God. It's, it's how you became um, his people. You had to get circumcised. All the boys had to be circumcised on the eighth day. This goes back all the way to the father of the faith, the father of their faith, which is Abraham. Goes all the way back to that. So we are talking generations upon generations of being circumcised so that you can enter into a covenant. And now these people are saying, you ain't got to enter into a covenant to become a, to become a part of God's family. All you got to do is believe. No, we're not going for that. You don't have to enter into this covenant the way that we had to go into it. We, we don't like that. So we think that this is probably not right. Y'all are probably trying to take the easy way out. And we don't want y'all to take the easy way out. You've got to be um, circumcised, which, by the way, would make them Jewish converts. It would basically make them Jewish Christians, too. And keep in mind, it's not just... It's not just that it was written and it was said so long ago. These are the laws that are being read every single Sabbath in the synagogues. So if I'm a devout Jew, not only is it something that I've known about that has happened for generations to generation, that we are to follow the law of Moses, that we are to have our men, our boys circumcised on the eighth day. I hear it every single week. Every week it is confirmed. Every week I am reminded of it. 
So I'm not just going to let you skirt on by. We're not going to let it happen. So they decide they're going to send them to Jerusalem. So they get to Jerusalem. And guess what? They're there. They're excited. They're talking about the Gentiles who have gotten saved, who have come to know Christ. The church um, at Jerusalem is excited to see Paul and Barnabas. They're like, hey, what's up, y'all? We ain't see y'all in a minute. They're excited. But then a party from the Pharisee sect, which basically just means that they were Pharisees. Highest level, that means they knew the law, elite, highly educated, right? Um, Jewish leaders. They were like, yeah, but they got to get circumcised, don't they? And so the apostles and the elders decide to meet um, to resolve this issue. Now read with me Acts 15. That brings us to Acts 15, verse 7. One more time with my water. <clears throat> Excuse me. Acts verse 7. Here we go. <clears throat> at the meeting after a long discussion I'm reading the New Living Translation verse 7 at the meeting after a long discussion Peter stood and addressed them as follows brothers you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe God knows people's hearts and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with the yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? Amen. What is Peter saying? So do y'all know who Peter is? Peter is the one who was with Jesus. He's a disciple of Jesus. He's not only one of the 12, he's one of the three. He was real close. He was there. Um, he's also the one that kind of denied Jesus. He's the one that cut off the man's ear. That's the Peter who's standing here talking. He's the one that Jesus said to, on this rock will I build my church. Jesus came to them. Um, Peter's one of the ones who got to see Jesus when um, he was resurrected before he ascended and spent some time with him. He was the one who gave the sermon Right. The Holy Spirit came on them. He spoke. The Holy Spirit came. They were filled. He was in the room when the Holy Spirit came in like a flood and he could see flames of light, flames of fire. So Peter, he's not a poser. OK, he has been on the inside. He is not new to this. Peter is true to this. He's the one who had the dream where he's like, oh, he was hungry. He was waiting on people to feed him. And then he has this dream, this blanket comes down from heaven and there are all kinds of animals on there, including unclean animals. And God says, Peter, get up, kill and eat. And he's like, no, never. I never ate anything common. And he tells Peter not to do, not to call common what God has, not to call unclean what God has called clean. Basically, that's the Peter. And that's what Peter's telling them. You know that God chose me. That he came to me in a dream. You know this, that he sent me over there to this, um, to Cornelius's house, who was a Gentile, that I was in that house, that I spoke the word to them. Y'all know those folks got the Holy Ghost, just like we got the Holy Ghost. And they were speaking in tongues, just like we was. You know this. So why are we doing this? What do I notice in this verse? What can we see? That God himself chose Peter. 
Peter was not self-selected. He was chosen by God. That God himself decided to send Peter to the Gentiles. God was the one who gave Peter the assignment to preach to the Gentiles. And God's purpose for having Peter preach uh, the good news to the Gentiles is so that they would hear the good news and they would believe. Not so that they could be more ostracized, not so that they wouldn't know or so they could feel like, oh, that's not for y'all. This is for us. It wasn't to break. It was so they could hear the good news and, and believe. Then in case there was any doubt, maybe Peter didn't hear from the Lord. Maybe it was the enemy. You ever felt like that? Like, okay, the Lord told me to do this. I did this. I don't really know. Maybe it wasn't him. So maybe, maybe there's some doubt about whether or not God actually sent Peter. Maybe there's some doubt about whether or not Peter actually had the vision or maybe Peter got the assignment wrong, but God confirms confirmation. We're always looking for confirmation. God confirms that he did indeed choose Peter and that he sent Peter because after Peter spoke, God was the one who sent the Holy Spirit. And he sent it in this. He sent him in the same manner. The Holy Spirit fell on them in the same manner that it fell on the Jews. So it's God who decided that there is to be no distinction between his chosen people. If I choose you, I've chosen you. That's it. There's no distinction between the Jews I've chosen or the Gentiles that I've chosen. And Gentiles is not a group of people. So, you know, Gentiles is not an ethnic group. I'll give you a little Bible, um, little Bible here. Gentiles is not a group of people. There does not talk about it, a particular race. Gentiles means the nations. So basically um, anyone who is not Jewish. So you're Jewish or you're Gentile. You're Roman, but that makes you what? Gentile, unless you're Jewish. So everybody who's not Jewish, Gentiles, all the nations, right? And he continues to talk about how God cleans their hearts. God cleansed them through faith, not through circumcision. God cleansed them, cleansed their heart through faith, not through works. And now circumcision is a burden for the Gentile, which means they're challenging God. Because if, if God said all they need to do is hear the good news and believe so they can be saved, adding anything else to that, that requires them to do something in order for them to get saved. One is an additional burden that God did not send. And now you find yourself up against God himself. So after that, Paul and Barnabas spoke, after Peter speaks, then Paul and Barnabas speak, and they speak in the support of um, faith only by grace. Then James, now James is Jesus's brother, who actually did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah in the beginning. He was a late believer, which makes sense. He grew up with him like him, the way he used to be acting, because Jesus was fully human and he had, you know what I'm saying? He went through all the things that humans go through, puberty, teenage years, all of those things. He went through all of that. He did not skip those things, right? And so it makes sense. His brother might have been slow. Let that be a lesson to some of you. Some of you feel so hurt because somebody very close to you, your spouse, your sibling, you know, maybe it's a parent does not believe in the call in your life, can't see the anointing. Jesus, the Messiah, had brothers, and his brother, who grew up with him, 
did not believe in the beginning that he was the Messiah. So I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged. Isn't it a beautiful thing that your anointing is not contingent upon anybody believing anything about you? God chose you. He anointed you. He appointed you. Whether or not somebody supports that or is able to see that doesn't change a thing. Be encouraged. Okay, so let's get back to it. So James spoke up quoting a prophecy of Amos, right? We see that in verses 16 through 18 that um, he said, as it is written, afterward, I will return and restore the falling house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord. Verse 17, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles. All those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago, right? James stands up. He quotes the prophecy of Amos that foretold of God choosing the Gentiles to be his as well. This, the Lord hasn't changed his mind. It's not like, oh, I was only going to pick the Jews, but now I changed my mind and I'm going to include the Gentiles. Old Testament, What another thing, this is something else they hear every single week, which is why James is saying it. Now they're in the synagogues. They hear these things every single week. So let us just remind you what the prophet said. Y'all hold him in high regard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let us remind you what the prophet said. In verse 19, James continues and says, and so my judgment, because they went there for a decision, is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. His judgment is based on the word of God. It's not based on his feelings. It is not based on popular opinion. It's not based on the crowd, right? His strategy to coming to a resolve, to give his insight, his strategy is not to follow the crowd or the loudest voices, traditions, or trends. Instead, he follows the truth, right? And decides and base his answer on that, right? He decides based on the truth of God's word. You know what he decides? Stop making it difficult. Stop making it difficult. Let me look at what the word says. The word says that this is how it's going to be. You heard Peter. Peter confirms what the prophet said. So my decision is that we stop making it difficult. Why do we want to make it so hard on ourselves? Why do we want to make it so hard on other people? I have been struggling all year. It is April. I have been struggling all year. Um, I've been, you know, I do a lot of work. I've just been feeling very overwhelmed. And I just feel like my work is more than I can handle. It's just, I got, I have a, a ton of stuff that I do. And so I was talking to my friend on the phone, Isis, shout out to Isis. What's up? I was talking to my friend Isis on the phone. I was kind of telling her like, you know, I had this emotional breakdown. I was crying early. I was like, I just can't stop crying. I've been praying. And th this has been like a cycle, by the way. This crying and praying, friends, has been like a cycle for me. 
And after I was done sharing with her, like how I was feeling, she just said in the sweetest way, courage, you just need help. You just, you know, you just need support. And so I was like, oh, Isis don't know what she's talking about. These are my responsibilities. I'm the pastor. I am the CEO of Courage Molina University. Like, these are my responsibilities. These are the things that I have to do. But listen, I've been praying and fasting. And I'm going to tell you something. I made a list this week of everything I do. And I mostly made a list this week of everything I do so I could get organized. And so anything that's not coaching, anything that is not like a coaching call, studying, uh, sermon prep outline, or teaching, I tried to put on the list. And it's a long list. I'm going to show you the list. First of all, it's not even a full list, but this is, I just felt like, let me get this done first. Do you see this? Can y'all see this list? Let me take this off. Y'all see that list? So in addition to in addition to um, pastoring the church, um, I take calls during the week. I encourage people during the week. Um, this does not include any of my personal things. This is just my work time, the things that I do for work. I am studying uh, the word of God so that I can bring a word of God that is not clouded or muddied with my own feelings or my own perspective or my own hangups that requires that I get before God and, and I repent and confess that is required. Now, everybody might need to do it, but as a pastor, I'm certainly held to a higher standard in, in the eyes of the Lord and, and as I should be. So that means before I can even really outline the word, I got to be getting the word for myself so I can get my heart clean, so I can confess and repent for whatever it is that I have done so I can be one with the Holy Spirit and hear from him. So in addition to doing that, I also coach. I don't know if you guys know that. Check me out. Courage Molina University. I also am a coach. And so I have a coaching business and it's the discipleship program. That's really all it is. But um, I mean, that's what I'm saying is I don't offer anything else. And listen, y'all, I'm showing up for that. This right here is everything that is not that. Everything that is not that is on this list. And either it is getting done on a regular basis, just getting done, like just short and sweet, as quick as I can do it. Maybe not my best work, but the best work I can do with my time constraints. And so, you know what I started to do? I started to write names down. You see these names on here? I hope they don't mind their names on. Some of them might not even know their name on here. Isis, Dina, Tiana, Paige, um, Denise, Laverde is on here. I got some of them on here more than one time. And this is not even the full list. Do you understand that it's not even the full list? That it's just that once I got to the bottom of that paper, I was like, you know what? Let me just focus on this. The names on that list. And that's, that's not all the names that I have. That's just the names on that list. They are people who have offered to help me repeatedly. They've offered to help me. Hey, if there's any way I can support you. Hey, if you need anything, just let me know. Those aren't the only people. I got, a, I got, another, I got another yellow paper, okay? <laughs> and it's got different names on it. 
because though because I have other people who have offered to help. Hey, can I, if you need anything, I want to support you. And this is what you need to know. When you refuse to accept support or delegate, you are making it hard on yourself. Where do you need to stop making it difficult? Is it in your marriage? Is it in the ministry you want to start? Is it in your professional career? Maybe it's in your home, your business. Yes, God told you to lead. He's called you to lead. He doesn't expect you to do it alone. Okay, God called you to coach, but he doesn't expect for you to do it like them. Because sometimes it's not that we have so much on our plate and we're not asking for help that is making it harder on ourselves. Sometimes you're making it harder on yourself by trying to do things the way somebody else is doing them. You out here looking like David and Saul's armor, awkward and out of place. Stop making it difficult. Take a moment, okay? I just want you to take one moment with me. And imagine how simple and sweet your life would be if the only bit burden you carried was God's. Just close your eyes with me and just imagine how simple and sweet your life could be if the only burdens that you carried were God's. I know it would be light and easy because in first Peter, he says, my yoke is easy. My burden light. Do you believe God? Do you believe that? Do you even want that? If you do stop making it difficult. I wonder if maybe the Jews felt like we were circumcised, so they need to be circumcised because after all, we were his chosen. And so if his chosen had to carry the burden, had to do it this way with the circumcision and all the laws, why should they, these people, get off so easy? I see some believers do this when sharing the gospel with non-believers. They present the gospel like it's a prize to be won by those who can look saved before they get saved. They want you to stop shacking up and then come to church. They want you to make sure you get you some church clothes and then join us at the church. They want you to get your life right. Then you'll be worthy of God's love and grace. But we have got to, as believers, follow God's lead. And Jesus said, whosoever, that includes the one who's shacking up, that includes the one who's got cleavage showing, got her club outfit on, that includes the one whose life is an absolute mess. Those people are part of the whosoever. Don't try to enforce the law, which is what the, that's what the Jews, that's what the Jews are trying to do here. They're trying to enforce the law. And they're saying, don't try to enforce the law as an end, 
as an answer to salvation, as if to say, by keeping the law, you will get saved. The law is a burden that cannot save. God cleanses our hearts with faith and the law reveals the dirt of sin within. Both are necessary, both the law and faith. <clears throat> Excuse me, they're both necessary. But only one has the power to save, and that's faith. So as you go out to share the good news, stop making it difficult. Here are two questions to help you start living a simpler and easier life. I'm talking about a life with less stress and better results. And this strategy is not one I came up with on my own. It's one right out of the scripture that we saw. The first thing that they did was they looked at what God required. And so that's what I want you to ask yourself. Ask about every situation or any situation where you need to make a decision. What does God require? What, what, not what do I think he requires? What does God require of this situation, of me, of that person? Then the second question you need to ask yourself is, am I making this difficult? If you want to start living a simpler an easier life, drop a heart in the emoji, drop a heart in the chat. If you, cause I want to make sure I got people in the room. If you want to start living a simpler, easier life, less stress and better results, ask of every situation, what does God require? Second, ask, am I making this difficult? Then you're going to align your decisions with God's requirements and drop all the other burdens you've picked up along the way. You can start that today. Some of you should be shouting because some of the things that you've said yes to, God is not required of you. Some of the burdens that you are carrying, God is not required of you. And if things are difficult for you and you haven't partnered with God through his son, Jesus, let me help you with that. Romans 10, 9, repeat after me. Jesus is Lord. Amen. If you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Do you want me to do it again? It was so fast. It was so simple. If you have not partnered with God, right, through his son, Jesus, I want to help you. And this is word. I'm using what the word says required. Repeat after me. You have to say it with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. Say it. That's why I said repeat after me. Jesus is Lord. Amen.
Now check your heart. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome. Welcome. So glad that you are here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I know it was so easy. It's like, what are we doing out here? Send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org and let us know that you've accepted Christ. We want to get some, you know, resources in your hands. We want to help you to connect because while it is about an individual relationship, God does not expect for you to grow in your faith in isolation. Don't make it difficult, right? If you learned anything today, don't make it difficult and trying to go it alone without resources or community certainly makes uh, transforming your life that much more difficult. So get connected with us. Praise at boldfaithchurch.org. We're not done. If you want to be in community, then you have to get in community. You can go to bit.ly slash boldfaithchurch and it is going to give you a link to the Zoom because y'all know when we're done with this, um, when we're done with the message here, we get into community and have conversation, how we intend to use it, what spoke to us and what changes we plan to make because God does not speak. He's not sending you this message so you can hear him. He's sending you this message. Stop making it difficult so that you can do just that. So come and join us and, and let's see what that looks like for you. If you've absolutely loved this message and you love what we do and you want to be a part and support what we're doing here at Bold Faith Community Church, then be sure to give your tithes and offerings. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to like the video before you leave. Um, and I have one more thing. I know I meant to tell y'all about it at the beginning, but I didn't. Um, I want to talk to you about the retreat. You're going to go to boldfaithchurch.org to register. Get your ticket to the Faith Ignited Retreat. It is July 14th through the 17th. It is going to be in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, I know some of you plan to go, you meant to go, but you haven't gotten a ticket yet. And I don't know if you realize this, but you can't get a ticket up until July. Like, that's not how this works. Um, I believe, and I could be wrong, that it's either early June or like May. Tamika's probably like, you should have checked with me before he said this. I should have checked with her before I said it, but I forgot. But you know, there's not a lot of time left. So if you plan on attending, go ahead and get your ticket right now. Then you can get into the group and you can find a roommate. That'll help um, you to find a person that you can connect with. We're an online church. And so while God has called us to do it differently, we are not... Um, ignorant to the fact that being in person adds a value that just being online doesn't do. So come and join us. Women will be coming from all over the world to be in that space, to get a word from God like never before. Sometimes you got to get in the room. Just like when Jesus told the, uh, the disciples to stay in Jerusalem, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem, that blessing was attached to a geographical location. If they wanted the blessing, they had to be in Jerusalem. If you want this blessing that God has for you, you have to be in the room because there are some very specific blessings and breakthroughs that God is going to be sending to Greensboro at the Grand Over Resort and Spa July 14th through the 17th. Very specific blessings that he's addressed to that space. So you want to get in the room. All right. If you have any questions, you can get those questions asked and answered either in the chat 
or you can come and join us in community. I would love to meet you. All right. I love you guys. And I'll see you in the community in a bit, right? If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.